Petaloni's Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 549, January 29, 2021. 49 degrees on this day in 1931. I wonder what they were doing up on Lake Superior. 29 below in 1951. And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production. Chris Reavers, director of social media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Souchere. Stacy, the GL geologist, weighs in. There's a shaker down near Panama, 5.6. Panama, Costa Rica, border region. Wow. From uh, Stacy, the GL geologist. May, uh-huh. I say, uh, may I say right off the outset uh, that you're all going to be given uh, a task, myself uh. included, today on the air, a homework assignment. On a Friday? I'm serious. No, you said it wrong, by the way. Huh. Costa Bleepen Rica. Thank you. Uh, may I get it off my chest uh, right away that it will not bother me in the least if this Marjorie Taylor Greene from Georgia is expelled from Congress. She is a very unlikable human being. Well, yeah. no, be, no, she's insane. And I don't, uh, I don't, she's a Republican. Not to my way of thinking she's not. She's a lunatic. Right. A complete lunatic. I can't believe some of the stuff that comes out of her mouth. Denying dead children is a lot different than denying climate change. Agreed. The dead children can be seen and touched and held by their parents. This complete mental case believes these are setups. This complete mental case thinks the fire in California was started by a laser from space. This complete mental case stalks David Hogg, the kid from Parkland who who, uh, whether you like it or not, made it his mission to to preach about gun control. She's on the House Education and Labor Committee. The Education Committee. She should be drummed out immediately. She is a fool, she's dangerous, and she's nuts. And it's an embarrassment. We continue to be embarrassed by what's taking place in that building, in the Capitol. She's not helping the cause. Marjorie Taylor Greene, you are. I wish I could use other language from time to time on the old show. Can after 10 p.m. <laughs> but I can't. You can after 10 p.m. After 10 p.m. It's fine. Where, yeah. where did you learn that? I just made it up. Oh. I mean, Brown. There's, there's no rules during COVID you. anyway. Learn that at it's, Brown. Uh, yeah, learn that at Brown Institute. <laughs> it's your own morals that are stopping you. I, you're right. That and a paycheck. Do you know that Biden has issued 33 executive orders, actions, proclamations, memoranda, and agency directives? And this is according to CNN. That's more executive orders in his first week in office, which is not yet complete, really, than any of his 45 predecessors. As of January 25th, which was what, Wednesday? Mm -hmm. 25th, 26th, 27th? No, would have been Monday. Was the 25th. Yes, Monday. Oh, was 25th, the 25th, yes. 
As of January 25th, Biden had issued 33 executive orders, actions, proclamations, memoranda, and agency directives, according to CNN. 31 of those, according to the White House, are executive orders. Uh, Trump signed four in his first week. Uh, Barack Obama signed five in 09. George H., I'm sorry, George W. signed none in 2001. And Bill Clinton signed one in 1993. The historical norm for most presidents appears to be no more than a few executive orders, if any, in the first week. The American Presidency Project at the University of Southern uh, California, Santa Barbara, confirms that no other president has issued as many as Biden, not even Franklin Delano Roosevelt, whose energetic first 100 days set a new standard for activity. And there's not been a peep, of course, from his party about this abuse of executive authority. But one Democrat, this is Jordy reminding me of this, one Democrat did speak out, Joe Biden, the candidate in October, who is quoted telling this to George Stephanopoulos. I have this strange notion. We are a democracy. If you can't get the votes, you can't legislate by executive order unless you're a dictator. We're a democracy. We need consensus, he told George Stephanopoulos. Wow. So these 33 executive orders are supposed to unify the country. But he, he's the one who said doing this means you're a dictator. Yep, he sure did, he's, Joe. He said that. I'm not saying it. He said it. Oh, but do you remember when words used to mean something? I do. I do. Oh, I wish they still did. I wish they still did. Let's get right to it. I have an exercise we're all going to be engaged in. You know, you guys don't have to sound disappointed when you have to do some work. So, okay? So, but we're going to get it wrong anyway, and we'll have to correct it at the beginning of the podcast <laughs> on Monday. So well, for- it's always you lording your vast and great knowledge over your dumb minions. That's why we're always, you know, it's Friday. We're, we've been dumb for five days in a row. We, we need or four days in a row. Pardon me. See, I'm Hopelessly, dumb. hopelessly a bunk. We need a break. <laughs> Thank you, Kenny. No, I think you're going to enjoy this one. I, I, oh. There's nothing tricky about it. We're just going to try it. Uh, I'm talking about... We are now at the city council at the uh, level of uh, seven months after they pledged to end the police department. A trio of city council members have introduced a second proposal that would eliminate the department but keep the police. Huh? Well, uh, (laughs) the plan calls for the city to create a new department of public safety that includes police and additional divisions to to provide for a comprehensive approach to public safety beyond law enforcement. The proposed charter amendment, which was canceled the first time by cooler heads prevailed at the Charter Commission, and these adult children in the city council were told, you have nothing that's credible enough to vote on here. Nothing. It's not going to be on the ballot. You better come back. Well, apparently they're now going back. The proposed charter amendment would eliminate the requirement to maintain a minimum number of officers based on the city's population, leaving the force size entirely at the discretion of the mayor and the 13 members of the city council. The question of how to change policing in the eight months since George Floyd's death, raised amid a dramatic increase in violent crime, has divided city leaders and many residents. Any decision to eliminate the police department would ultimately need to be approved by the voters. In a statement Thursday, the plan's authors, council members Philippe Cunningham, Steve Fletcher, and Jeremy Schroeder, said they hoped the changes would allow the city to take a more holistic approach to public safety. God. Wait. Minneapolis residents are imagining a comprehensive 
public safety approach that is more effective and more reflective of our values. And they are calling on the city to act, Fletcher said. This charter amendment creates a structure that supports that vision and allows our city to innovate. Let me stop right there and start the game. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <sighs> Let's try to think as they do. I'm being very serious. Okay. And that's going to be difficult yes, because they don't think normally. But let's put, your, let's put ourself, ourselves in their shoes. And... I've been doing it all morning uh, in bits and pieces, and, and you guys can all take a crack at coming up with it. Okay, I'm, I'm Philippe Cunningham or Fletcher or Schroeder, and so my view of the world uh, must be, no, I, I have to be them now. My view of the world is that uh, criminality is not the result of any moral failure. Uh, it must be that criminality is the result of oppression, and racism, and therefore it is an unfair power dynamic that criminals have to face the consequences of being arrested by the police. And maybe if we don't call it the police department, that will go away. Uh, if, we, we, if we don't call it the police department and pretend that it's something else, then there really won't be any trouble with police because we've eliminated the term police department. Makes sense to me. And and if we throw a lot of words at, at people like comprehensive, focus, uh, uh, you know, values, uh, what are our values? Okay, I'm in their shoes. What what are my values? My values are equity. That uh, that that criminals behave the way they do because of exterior circumstances and that they don't behave the way they do because of any breakdown in their own moral or ethical code. They have none. Therefore, we shouldn't prosecute them. They don't know what they're doing. And so we have police on the streets with badges and guns. That's an unfair situation for the criminals. That's, that's my attempt at it. I, I don't, anybody else want to take a shot at it? Because I'm lost with these people. I'm just lost. <clears throat> Trying to get inside their head, and when you say a holistic approach mm -hmm. what does that mean does that mean as you are getting carjacked you're going to say uh fred why are you taking my car away from you i can give you a ride somewhere put the gun away and let's talk about it no the holistic approach would refer more to how that carjacker would be treated not by his victim mm. but but how the carjacker would be treated by the system okay so after the act when right. fred is detained by Whatever fairy police we have, the right. good thoughts police. Be, uh, yeah. I understand why you're taking my car and your frustration with society and white privilege. Here are my keys. I expect to never see this car again. And why don't you just, for good measure, punch me right in the face? And here's some <laughs> gas. Here's some gas money. Right. Yeah. Let, let me take yeah. a stab at and it. And my phone. Let me take a stab at it. Yeah. The police chief's role is to be able to have a vision of what it means for us to have a strong um, focus on what should police be focusing on. Okay, well, see, we're trying to answer that gobbledygook. You can't, what, you can't, you can't. You, yeah, hey, you can't. We have a regular, a frequent emailer that said, come on, you, you spliced that up. That wasn't one answer. Oh, that's no, no, that's, I said, that's, no, that's one answer. That's not doctored. <laughs> If only we don't call it the police, oh, yes. 
then we can pretend that there are no police. So remove the department, but but keep the police. Keep them, but... Call them something else. Well, I'm amazed that that isn't part of this. Peace not observers. Calling them, not calling them something else. I'm amazed at this. I, I just don't understand. Well, see, it's a failed experiment. I can't pretend to think like that. That's not thinking. Because you're, you're more on chip. Well, that's emoting, Rook. That's emoting. It, it, it has nothing to do with thinking. Way. It has nothing to do with thinking. Nothing. Yeah. Hmm. It's, it's, a, it's a crying shame. Uh, simultaneously, the Charter Commission is intending to uh, rewrite some chartered language to take power away from the city council. Uh, almost as though they're saying, you children, we have not lost sight of you, and you, we're coming for you to put you in your place and uh, create a situation here where the, uh, the mayor will have a stronger voice in the city council, strong mayor, weak council system. That's not what Minneapolis has right now, and you'll remember what Joe Anthony told us. If you have 14 people in charge, no one's in charge. And that's, that's the way this is headed. That whatever Department of Public Safety means will be accountable to 14 people, the mayor and the 13 city council people. Mm -hmm. And now, I read some of the comments in the Star Tribune. Oh. And you'd be, amazed at, you'd be amazed at how many people in Minneapolis applaud this effort. And to those uh, uh, poo-pooing it, like we are, these, these defenders of the city council are saying, well, mister, why don't you come up with a solution then? Okay, I, I have. I've come up with a solution. Shut the hell up and fund the police. There's my, there's my, there's my solution. Pretty simple solution. There are bad guys and there are police. The police arrest the bad guys. There's your solution. Quit pretending that criminality is merely the result of poor choices or an oppressed life or whatever else you pretend to be struggling with. B as in B, S as in S. The city is crawling with bad people. You need a police department. That's the way it works in America. There's my solution. Is it perfect? No. Is it perfect system? No, it's not. We've seen some, some failures and some faults. But for the most part... It is uh, making sure that law and order is maintained in the city. At its, I should say, at its peak. It has been fading away here the last several months or years. The Charter Commission is currently considering a proposal that would strengthen the mayor's power over the day-to-day -day operations of city departments and make it illegal for the council to interfere. Council members instead would focus on passing legislation, approving policies, and vetting budgets. In other words, the city council would get back to doing what they're supposed to do. <laughs> are the street lights running? Are the streets getting plowed? Uh, are the street lights have new bulbs? Uh, do this, are the parkway signs marked well enough? On and on and on and on. And quit entering the realm of changing the very dynamics of human behavior. You can't do it. Just as you can't change nature, you can't look at a criminal and pretend that he or she is something other than a criminal. And this is happening, by the way. This is happening the closer you get to the country's tallest buildings all around the, all around the United States. They're going through this in Seattle. They're going through this in Denver. They're going through this in New York and San Francisco. They're going through this in Denver and Chicago. We have managed in this country over the last five to ten years elected 
the wrong people who, who have figured this out and figured I can get a gig on the city council. No one's running. <laughs> I can go get a lifetime pension and health care and, and I can bring my sense of the failed academy to the public. That's the other part of this. They're all, I, it's my suspicion that they've all been influenced in one way or another by the failed academy. It's in the failed academy where you're learning quite explicitly that criminality uh, it needs to be looked at in a different way. I don't think it does. There's my solution. Nope. Don't look at criminality in a different way. Look at it as criminality. That would be the change you're seeking. But it's happening not only in, I mean, it started in schools, and now it's trickling into everyday life. Whereas in schools, it only affected, you know, teachers and, uh, you know, principals and whatnot. But now it's affecting us. I would go so far as to say this. The failed academy would hold that behavior in and of itself is a white affectation. What? You heard me. Right now, in critical race theory and in the revised social study standards in Minnesota, we are learning that faith, values, family, and achievement and success and discipline are merely affectations of white colonialism or white patriarchy. It would not, and therefore, black kids should be excused from adopting those affectations, which is blind to the idea that they're not affectations of white privilege. They are universal virtues of human behavior. It wouldn't surprise me to believe, to learn, that in the failed academy where these bad ideas stem, that they would hold uh, a completely different view of, of law-abiding, they would connect law-abiding to white colonialism and patriarchy. They would say that's what white people do. Well, okay, well, then they should be challenged on that, saying, "Well, we are well, every what, day. What are we every allowed day. to do? Right? Yeah. What are you allowed to do? You're not allowed to do anything. You're, you you <clears throat> follow, follow the rules. The rules. So we all stop at red lights, don't we? Black, white, Hmong, uh, Hispanic. Sometimes. Yeah. Don't you ever hear that old joke? What guys hitchhiking? Hops in the car and where are you going? I'm just going up the street. Okay, so he comes up to a uh, a red light and the guy doesn't stop. He goes right through it, and he yeah. says, "What the hell? You just ran a red light." He goes, "Ah, my brother-in-law does it all the time." Comes up to another one, boom, goes right through it. Ah, don't worry, my brother-in-law does it all the time. Next straight light comes up, it's green. Guy's full stop. Starts looking around. He says, "What the hell? It's a green light." He says, "My brother might be coming." Pete Nigerian is going to join us in a, in a few moments. Wait a second. Wait a second. Don't <laughs> yeah. move away from this. Yeah. Don't you suppose that since the city, the, the Charter Commission is, is working to curb the council's power, right? and this proposal of the council has to go in front of the Charter Commission? Yes. Don't you believe they're going to sh shoot it down? I can only be hopeful. I can only be hopeful. What because is it not only it not only does it have to pass through the council, but then it has to go in front of the Charter Commission for review before it can appear on the ballot. That is correct. And the Charter Commission has already prevented it from appearing on the ballot once, and now I'm hoping they prevent it from appearing on the ballot a second time. The frightening answer to that comes in the last paragraph of today's piece, though. Unlike last year, if the council members continue on their current trajectory, 
the commission will not be able to use its powers of delay to keep the question off the ballot this fall. Yeah, I'd have to parse that. I don't understand why that would be. What does what this that, have to do with stopping at green lights? In other words, Kenny, I think what that means, if it passes the council, the, the charter commission, see, it, it. the first time around, they were so premature that they wanted to take their loose thinking and throw it immediately to the ballot. This time around, they seem to be going through a more orderly process, and if the city council passes it, the charter commission's hands might be tied. That's how I, I would interpret God. that. Pete Nigerian, who knows about money, uh, is I need him. I need, we all do. Right. We we need to understand what's happening in the market. And uh, Pete's been kind enough to join us, and and he will uh, shortly. But first, I want to tell you that I got a note from David uh, Chapin the other day. He's the guy who told us about his son-in-law John Schaefer. He had the red Savoy pizza on the table ready for Chapin's family when they arrived from Lincoln, Nebraska to Bloomington for a baby shower. Nice. Right? Mm. Well, yesterday, the same John Schaefer wrote a correction on your staff's mix-up on the real winner of the 2019 Groiny Award. John has a full-time job as a project manager at a local construction firm. His wife, my daughter Anne, is eight months pregnant, and he is busy getting their new home ready for the child's arrival. But still, he can stay on top of issues your crack staff can't seem to track. Don't you think your staff owes him a red Savoy pizza? He is doing their work for them. He loves the pepperoni and sausage with banana peppers, and he uses the Edina location. Good luck, David Chapin in Lincoln, Nebraska. That's virtually a, a command, isn't it? Yeah. It's virtually a command. But I got news for this David Chapin guy and his son-in-law. If we had to start buying pizzas for everybody who correct our corrections, we'll be bankrupt. Yeah, we right. wouldn't be able to do it. I mean, I would enjoy it because everyone would enjoy a Red Savoy pizza, especially if it was provided to them by Garage Logic. And he mentioned the Edina location. There are locations in Apple Valley, Blaine, Burnsville, Egan, Eden Prairie, Edina, Hugo. Lakeville next week, Osseo, Roseville, St. Louis Park, uh, White Paul. Bear Avenue, uh, White Bear Avenue in St. Paul, downtown St. Paul, St. Paul on Snelling, did you, uh, and Badness Heights in Woodbury. Rook, did you guys really have a Red Savoy for lunch? Yeah, check my Twitter account, folks, if you want to see how pizza is supposed to be done. And I would tell Red Savoy's Pizza, you're not doing it all wrong, because we ordered a medium double sausage pizza from Andy. I did that on the way in. You know why? Because on my way into work today, I was thinking about you doing the Red Savoy pizza ad, yeah. and it always makes me super hungry. So right. Reavers and I split the pizza in half. I owe my rook uh, uh, another another slice. And your, your your Jedi mind trick doesn't work. I've already had Red Savoy, so you can't tease me with double sausage and make it crispy. Thin crust, cut in squares, soda oh style God. since 1965. Huh? It was, was it wonderful? It, it was wonderful. A, and you get the original Red's recipe at every one of the Red Savoy's locations. And I signed up for their uh, the Red Savoy club you might as well because you get you love cheese bread we, we might yes. have to replay that someday Your yes cheese bread or crazy bread adventure <laughs> yes. red savoy they're all over the metro please enjoy we're going to be back with pete nigerian <clears throat> university of garage logic 98 college of self-esteem zip nada nothing here's joe suchere Here's Pete Nigerian, host of the Halftime Report on CNBC. And Pete, I have never been more confused in my life. What is going on in the market? 
Well, you're one of many. Um, and when you say the market, I think you're actually meaning specifically in, in, in certain specific names like GameStop, where yep, yep. the markets just seem to be on fire. Um, yeah. In GameStop specifically, I can tell you this. Um, oftentimes what happens, Joe, in a lot of different different companies, there are these large hedge funds who are betting against the company. And the best way for them to do that is they borrow stock, and then they are sellers of, of the stock. And, and the simplest way I could say it is, in the case of GameStop, it was a $20 stock. Uh, the hedge funds generally thought that this was a stock that didn't deserve to be a $20 stock. So they're selling it expecting that the stock price would go down at some point in the future. Um, the problem with something like that is when you get into a GameStop and you start to look deeper and deeper and deeper and you suddenly find that more than 200% of the shares that are, are outstanding have been sold, that's a bit of an issue. I mean, uh, just to give you a little uh, you know, reference point, usually we consider 20% of a stock being shorted um, to be a pretty large number. And so we're talking about 200-plus percent here of a stock that only has 69 million contracts or uh, uh, shares in the first place. So it really becomes a situation where at any moment, if it starts to go to the upside, um, those that have shorted it are in deep trouble. And it got to that point in this particular name because a lot of folks out there, called they call themselves Main Street, but it's... Uh, individual investors who kind of got together and through chat rooms and through all sorts of social media were able to get themselves into a pretty good size and were buying calls, the options that, that expect a, uh, a move to the upside, are also buying stock. And because it's short, as it goes higher, it causes these hedge funds that are short the stock uh, to feel very uncomfortable, and they, they need to buy it back. And we call that, you know, it, there's actually a reference for that called a short squeeze. And so that's what we're seeing going here. So in other words, bets that we're saying the stock should go lower from 20 were getting beat up, and in one day, January 12th, the stock was still 20. By the 13th, it was 30. Not so bad. Uh, by Friday the 22nd, it was 65. A couple days ago, it traded 482. Wow. And and today it's already been as high as over four hundred dollars a share, and now trades three hundred and ten dollars a share. And that number moves ten and fifteen dollars at a clip. It feels like at times. Okay, uh, wait, wait a minute. I was going to say you got all that, Joe. No, wait, his, wait a minute. His limit is watching trading places. That's what he knows about the stock market. No, <laughs> Pete, 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 Pete. I'm trying to do my best, Joe. No, you, but you're. <laughs> You're still too, you're not dumb enough, Pete. Here, look it. Okay. GameStop. Uh, Call me now. <laughs> Joe, when's the last time Pete, you were in a GameStop? Pete, Pete, GameStop. Yes, yes. So what, a hedge fund, they're looking around for these obscure things like GameStop? Well, and let me clarify. The hedge funds were already the ones that are short in GameStop. So they're betting against the stock. They uh when I say betting, I, I know I'm not supposed to use that word in Wall Street, but they are betting that the stock is going to go lower from 20. That's the hedge funds. And these are multi-billion dollar hedge funds, and they can afford you know, to, to put on these kinds of positions, just betting against the stock that they think is, 
you know, not worthy of being a $20 stock because when's the last time, and I just heard you guys joking about it, but, like, when's the last time you went to a GameStop? Probably right. been forever. Yep, never. <laughs> so, so what is it? So let me just, I'm sorry to interrupt. It's Rook. So yep. if you have, the, the hedge fund guys right now have how much in, uh, uh, as of January 12th, how much mm-hmm. stock would they have had in GameStop? What, what would so, they have invested? Um, yeah, generally, in, in general, about... Two hundred percent of what was January twelfth was being shorted in the stock. So as I was saying, they got about seventy million shares outstanding. Well, there was a hundred and forty million shares were borrowed and shorted in the stock. So those were monstrous bets. And part of the problem sometimes on Wall Street is they don't think far enough ahead. And um, I'm sure the regulators at some point in time are going to step in and say, "Hey, look." From here on out, there's a limit to how much somebody can short a stock. But as of right now, there are no limits. And so the fact that they've shorted more than double the amount of shares that are outstanding (laughs) are are sold, that's that's where the problem comes in. And then we we, we got these uh, smaller investors that basically pooled together to become big investors themselves as a group. And so they just were betting against this and knowing that, there becomes a moment in time when the panic becomes a mania um, of when these guys are being squeezed, these big hedge funds. So just so you can fully understand it, one of the hedge funds completely blew up and lost, I think, close to $3 billion on this trade. So um, gives you a little bit of an example. And these guys aren't done, by the way. When I say these guys, this group (laughs) of of, of traders that are out there, um, and, and it's become much more of, of something that is, is part of Wall Street now because of the fact that during the pandemic, people stayed at home, people weren't able to bet because for a long time there was no, no sports of any kind. So more and more con- uh, folks were going to places like Robinhood, TD Ameritrade, Schwab, wherever it may be, to open up accounts so that they could trade. And so that, as a total, these, these are big hedge funds. They just aren't hedge funds. This is... Uh, this is Pete Nigerian and one, and, and, and Joe, you're one of them, and Rookie, you're another, and every, every one of us, and we're, we're following along in these chat rooms, and we're saying, you know what, um, that seems ridiculous if they're that short this stock, so we're all just going to buy either shares or we're going to buy options, and that's going to cause the stock to start to go higher and make these, these folks feel, feel really, really uncomfortable. And okay, one, what, one. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, Joe. Repeat the what waffle said. slipped off the back of the kayak, and I had to replace it with a T-bone steak. I, here, Pete, 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 Pete. Yes, sir. I'm doing my best. No, you, no, you're great. It's my fault. You here, here. Uh, check it on out. Check this out. You mean to tell me that? Yes. So GameStop is a twenty-dollar stock. And somebody, somebody, the hedge fund, most principally, looks at that stock and says, "This is not a, this is a twelve dollars stock, right?" Okay. Sure. So, 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 why would they buy it if they know it's not worth twenty? Now, when you say buy it, now we're talking about the Robinhood folks and the TD Ameritrade and all. And they've gotten together mm-hmm. um, yeah. through chat rooms. There's a there's a social tra- chat rooms all over the place, as we all know. But um, and in some cases, there are thousands, millions of of people in these chat rooms, and they basically just essentially just said, "Hey, look, 
this stock has been heavily shorted. If all of us decide that we will buy some of whatever amounts of money they've got, um, we could make a difference here. And even though it's not necessarily worth more than 20, um, we can squeeze these guys out. And quite honestly, guys, just, just so you know, this happens sometimes within the hedge fund community where one hedge fund will be short and the other has far much more capital and they know that they can put the pressure on the other, uh, they'll do it. So this is not totally foreign of something to happen, other than the fact that this is kind of a crusade of retail traders that have come together and said, look, we're going to go after GameStop. And when we're done with that one, we're going to go to the next one and the next one and the next one. And um, Is it legal and ethical? Is it legal and ethical? It's legal as of now. Is it? Is it ethical? Uh, of course that, not. That, it's legal, but it's not ethical. <laughs> that's yeah. for somebody else to answer. But uh, you know what? It's like anything else in Wall Street, though. You take advantage when somebody's down. You kind of kick them a little bit, and uh, and that's kind of what we're seeing here. And that's why uh, one hedge fund blew up, and potentially others we may find out over the weekend have blown up as well because. This is uh, very, very painful. I've not seen anything like this uh, in a long time. And when I first was in the business, I was trading stocks that had big short interest, and uh, Snapple was one of them, believe it or not. That's the Snapple that we all drink or whatever. Um, And and I was the specialist in that. And uh, my hands were tied in terms of how much stock I could ever be short at a time based upon all the option positions that I had. So that was... uh, that was hairy, uh, but this is something that makes that look like uh, look like a joke of, of what we're seeing right now in front of us in the markets. And let's let, how about this, Joe? If I could just point this out. So this is on a day where the market's down two percent or five hundred fifty points on the Dow, and yet GameStop's up fifty three percent. Oh God, <laughs> so, ladies! I mean, it it gives you just even more perspective in a market that looks pretty terrible right now. Um, this is a stock that's hanging in there and reaching for the moon um and there are several others like that as well that exist that uh that are being sort of approached the same way hey pete uh, i know you're going to need a day brightener so what i'm going to (laughs) do is i'm going to send you in the group the photo that i just took of joe on our video chat as you were explaining (laughs) the gamestop stock to him because i think all of us could get a little kick out of that one kenny did you want to speak to pete no, it's no, no. All right. How does this end, Pete? What what is the is the end? Uh, GameStop comes back down to twenty bucks, and or is it? How does this end? I think that the, you, you, that's a really great question. I'm not kidding. That is a phenomenal question. I think over time, yes, the answer is that the stock will come back, probably somewhere very very close to where it started. This whole uh, uh, fiasco of what we've been watching in front of us, but. Um, when is when is really the big question? When does it actually start to correct? When do these these uh, you know retail traders decide? You know what? We've made our money. Let's move on. There's got to be something better out there than this at this point in time, because it's already run from twenty to three hundred or whatever. And that um, starts to go down once they start to sell in mass. That's when it'll come right. back down to its regular level. Yep. And and as those others that have gotten very uncomfortable that are true hedge funds as they have had to cover, at some point they will have covered much of their short. Um, so if, if, for instance, you were one of those big hedge funds and you were short, let's say, 50% of that 200% that I was talking about, um, at some point they've got to cover because they get what they call a margin call, and they can't answer that. 
So they've got to, they basically file bankruptcy. That gets covered. And uh, once that number starts to come down back to a more realistic short position in GameStop, the stock will start to slide. Just like Randolph and Mortimer Duke, they had a margin call at the end, didn't they? <laughs> it's, you know what? They it's couldn't cover it. I know, I know you guys are joking, but that is exactly what we are watching. Oh, my God. I'm not kidding. My it, God, it, thank it, you. It, thank you. Yeah, it all comes down to trading places, Joe. Because <laughs> he gets fired for mentioning that movie, Pete. <laughs> oh. Well, I apologize about that. <laughs> no, thank you for your time. It's been brilliant. You're a good man. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate it. By the way, my Buccaneers, I'm, I'm really excited to see them in the Super Bowl and being the first team to be able to be a home team for a Super Bowl. So. Isn't that something? Yeah. And we got a couple Golden Gophers playing there on both sides of the ball. That's we got right. a great linebacker, Damian yeah. Wilson, over at Kansas City, and we've got our other two guys on uh, on Tampa. I love it. I love I love what we're seeing here. And um, I was lucky enough to be at the Kansas City game last week. I got to tell you, football still football once you're in the stadium. It's oh great. yeah, you, yeah. You don't even notice that the, you know the fans. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> great team. They're really a lot of fun to watch in that Kansas City stadium. Even with only twenty thousand people in it, it was rocking. It yeah, was right. great. Thanks, yep. Pete. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Take right. care. Thank See you, Pedro. Thank you. So, Joe, you all up to speed there? You got her? You know, I had two serious concussions. <laughs> I'm, I'm, not, I'm not being, I'm not joking. I had one when I was about five. Okay. Very serious. And I had another one when I was about 12. Very serious. And I, I think it, it wiped out. Uh, the part of my brain that would have allowed me to understand what he's talking about. The math department of your brain. I guess, I guess. Right. So it's kind of like when when someone remodels a house. Huh? Well, well, wait a second, Such. Reavers. Yes, sir. Explain to us what Pete just said. Well, I can't explain it the same way Pete did. Obviously, you can't. Rook, go ahead. I can. Explain it. Break it down. Make it easy to understand for all of us. Go ahead. Some pretty arrogant guys that are working at the hedge fund wanted to um, their show their yes. show their uh, uh, how, how smart they were their clout and say you know what let's get they just picked up on GameStop Probably, uh, randomly randomly my guess is because of the pandemic GameStop had a solid uh, stock price. And Might have had a. Let me interrupt you. It had a solid stock price, but as a business, it's going out of business because people now do everything like that online. Correct. So those guys were saying, "All right, we're going to take care of. We're going to pick on GameStop," and they're. I, I understand what he's saying. With they want that stock to go down, and then the people. Uh, these other groups that got wind of that said, well, you SOBs, we're going to get our group together and we're going to start buying it. So then it go, the price goes up. The price starts to skyrocket. And now those guys that have bought at 12 or whatever, now it's at 400, they can't, they can't cover or at the record day of reckoning, they're going to have to come up with the scratch. And those headphones guys are not going to be able to do that. To the one hundred percent of their investment, so they're going to get burned. So these these knuckleheads that bought into it, these online chat groups, they're looking like heroes for a specific amount of time until they sell. And once they start to sell, the price is going to go back down to twenty bucks. And that's the extent of what I know. And I probably got it all wrong, but I think that's what a uh, in general what happened. It's all manipulation. It's those guys in New York going. 
let's let's do this. I'll show you. Well, you're saying then that they still have those stocks. Wouldn't the smart investors, the Reddit group that you refer to, wouldn't they have bought those stocks at twenty, thirty, forty dollars, watched them skyrocket, and then sold them off right away? I read a story about a guy that invested like a few thousand dollars, and he came out eighty thousand ahead. But the problem is, and they, the only way to do that to come out ahead is to sell them right away, but right? They were restricted from selling. That's why it's a story. Why don't we drop it? Let's. We just shouldn't drop have it. brought it up. I shouldn't have. I shouldn't have. Well, that was the a last, great excuse to have Pete on. Yeah, no, I love Pete, minutes, but I didn't understand a word he was saying. Yeah. Yeah. He's the only one here that made any sense. I, I, right. Let's drop it. Uh, let's drop it. Take a break. Drop it. The hell with it. Drop it. You want drop, to drop it. it like I'm gonna go get a glass of water. How about Red a light. glass of Harmony Spirit? That would Joe. even be better. A big tall glass of bourbon. Ruck, what are you sitting? Think? Sitting on my liquor cabinet right now oh, is boy. an unopened uh, barrel strength. I haven't touched it yet. I'm waiting for the right occasion, and that just might be tonight, Friday. How is how is it possible? You received that bottle at least a month ago, didn't you? Well, at, in my home. You score big points by letting it sit for a while. I got you. So it's not you. like, you know how we attacked that Red Savoy pizza today? where it we didn't just, stand a chance. Right. And normally that's what I would do if I have a bottle of... Now, the vodka was gone in about two days. Got it. Uh, but with the barrel, I'm saving it for maybe uh, my son coming home and, and we're... Because he'll drink it with me. Nobody was, else in my family drinks it. I was a big hit with the in-laws, by the way, because that vodka from Harmony Spirits yeah. makes the best Bloody Mary. You have to have really good Bloody Mary mix. But it makes a fantastic Bloody Mary. Here's how I make my Bloody Mary. Am I doing it wrong? Yeah, you're doing it all wrong. Okay. I take my uh, nice little um, uh, cocktail glass, yep. thick bottom, put a, a gigantic ice cube in there, pour the Harmony Spirits vodka almost three quarters of the way, and then I just put away the Bloody Mary mix. <laughs> That's what I do. That's a Rook Bloody That's Mary. That's what I do. HarmonySpirits.net is their website. Make sure you register for that newsletter. Also, check out their Twitter account, at Harmony Spirits. But more importantly, go into your local liquor store and uh, ask for the Harmony brand by name, whether it's Yarmo Liquor, as, Yarmo? as we heard in the Crazy Bread episode, or uh, uh, Midway Liquor. Midway Liquor. There, that's rookie stop elevated, uh, but make sure you stop in and ask for the Harmony brand by name, and please tell them you heard about them on Garage Logic. I've got a buddy, Bob, who has three New Year's resolutions every year, and truth be told, he rarely succeeds at accomplishing his goals. He's not alone, by the way. Only 10% of us do accomplish our New Year's resolutions. Then it hit me. Bob should call the Canopy Group. Why? Bob wants to read more, and I'm not going to be able to read to him. Bob wants to lose 20 pounds, and I'm sure not the guy to help him with that. But I can help him with his third resolution, and that is to save money. How's he going to do that by handing this resolution over to the 30 professionals at the Canopy Group. They will help Bob save money on his home and auto insurance and have better coverage at the same time. There's 16 companies assure Bob's success, not only just this year, but they will do this for Bob every year to be sure he has the best coverage at the best price. New clients save more than $800 annually. Hand your New Year's resolution over to the Canopy Group and be part of the 10% with good old Bob who succeeds Succeed in accomplishing at least one of their New Year's resolutions. Call 800-967-3389 or visit thecanopygroup.com. All you bobs out there, get with it. 800-967-3389 or visit thecanopygroup.com. 
thoughts on GameStop. Here's Patrick Royce. <laughs> Pat, I just made a critical mistake. What was that? You didn't buy GameStop? I brought on Pete Nigerian, who I love dearly, and he knows what he's talking about, to explain what's going on, and I still don't know what's going on. <laughs> Pete knows what's going on. Yep. It sounds to me like the youth of America said, if we all buy this stock, we could drive the price way up. Isn't mm. that it? And then we can do something. I don't know what. So yeah. it's not because the company's worth any money, is it? No, no. It's a failing company. Yeah. That is the best explanation I've heard. Patch Short math guy. and concise. Yeah. A bunch of Mountain Dew drinkers <laughs> decided to buy a bunch of bleeping stocks, drive it up, s- sell it off, and make money. Yeah. Right there. Roycey nailed it. Home run. The kid from Folda. That's all I could figure out. Is that I'm, I have been to a GameStop, I believe it is. There's one out in... Uh, I believe it is. B-Squad Shopping Center at Red Ridgedale. Not the big one, but the little one. The and B-Squad. I was, looking, I was looking for a Madden something or other for the grandson. And uh, they had, you know, a couple of $8 employees in there, and uh, they didn't know what the hell was going on. They knew as much about it as I did, and uh, now they're worth millions. So what the hell? I don't know. Meanwhile, Fiat stock is uh, at fifteen twenty-two, uh, up one down one point eight percent. Yeah, but all you Catholics who didn't buy a Fiat when the Pope did are going straight to hell. That's right. <laughs> that, hell, I own two of them. That's right. I just well. That's my that's my pat. That's my transportation to heaven, right there, baby. Yeah. Owning a Fiat. So. Boy, the commie um, had a nice game last night. I uh, I didn't. I was watching the uh, fighting Woodbury eleven uh, year old girls, so I uh, did not uh, did not see it. But uh, it seemed like he got a goal right off the bat, right? The second yeah. Year. See, that surprises me that you were watching the kid. Uh, the kids I'm involved with, we're not allowed to go to the games. I believe you're allowed two per uh, a child, and uh, the. Uh, you know the 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 bomb couldn't go, so I, okay, I got in. Okay. The, uh, I got in as the extra, but the uh, there. I saw one family walk in. There was about nine of them. I don't think they were following all those. I don't. I don't think they were following the uh, right every one of the guidelines. But there was. Uh, we certainly were able to social distance. But uh, anyway, Kaprizov got his. First legitimate goal in the NHL because three on three overtime that don't count. That's just a that counts. That was his first goal that counted. That out counts. That counts. It's not a euphorian goal. It is a three on three that is not three on three in an actual game, but it's All created. Right. It's created. It's like the guy getting an RBI when they put the runner on second. Okay, I'll give you that. So yeah, I, you're right. I apologize to the Garage Logic audience because I forgot to issue the official sounder when Joe and Pat talk stocks. Investing is easy. Oh, yeah. Now's the time to invest. Invest now. <laughs> and now for Joe and Pat's piping hot stock take. Mo money. Piping hot stock take. Should have played that for Pete. All right. So maybe you and I can start a. Get all everybody in the seven in the seventies and eighties to buy depends 
stock, and we can drive that SOB right up to the road. And that all There's stuff. a run on the <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we've had a real checkered history with our investments, pal. Oh, God. Mine isn't really checkered. She's pretty well straight into the toilet. It's not. <laughs> I can't think of one that I made money on. Uh, I know that when uh, the uh, Star Tribune offered us the bargain price stock on McClatchy, I seized that baby. Yep. That went well. That went well. About <laughs> oh, about three weeks later, they were selling for a dime on the dollar. You know, <laughs> that one went well. I don't know what the hell. You could either. Die broke or die with some money, and guess what? You're still dead. Who cares? That's right, Patrick. I, that's, that's right. right. It's, it's and you know this whole thing about leaving it to the dependents and the, the, the ancestors and all that. The hell with them. They're on their own. <laughs> yeah. My old man left me forty-eight cents. So what the hell? I got a simplicity lawn life. tractor. <laughs> <laughs> I got one sixth of the Badger Lake lease. That's what yeah. I got. So, <laughs> see, uh, is there something wrong with Jason Day? Because he can't play. Oh, There's something. Sure. Got to be something wrong sure. with him. I think that good-looking wife got distracted him or some damn thing. He can't. Yeah. Uh, he that's said, your. That's your, always having, your default position. That it's got to be the woman. Having, they had to started having babies, too, didn't they? I think he became think so. a dad. Didn't he off go, like, home for four months to, you know, hang out with the kids and the whole damn thing? And I, Yeah, but he's, I don't know. Well, He's he 12 or 13 hard. off the lead in San Diego after the one round. He used to be one of the great putters of, uh, in the world, and he isn't that anymore. So. Mm-hmm. Reeves, do I you... Draw- Oh, go ahead. I, I I get to hear the off-air conversation here when you guys are talking to each other. Oh, that's right. I'm you can hear us through the joke. microphone. I apologize <laughs> so, for that. So I'm, uh, I'm uh, confused here. I, I'm an old fellow who's easily confused. So are they? Is that tournament this week at Tory Pines? Yes. Yes. Reeves, what are you? What are your thoughts on Tory? Well, Pines? as a guy that uh, is an experienced golfer um, at Tory Pines, Rick, I'm glad you asked. Thank you. Um, because I could tell you that you know the, the turn at uh, hole eight's a real it's real tough. I mean, I had to, I had kind of had to slice it so it didn't go in the got water. It, got yeah. it. I got uh, you. But then, uh, in fact, uh, I think eleven is really is really the one that can make or break you. Especially I remember you talking round. about that. Yeah. So we got a Pro Bowl this weekend. <laughs> Did you come up to the first tee with your ball, your yep. golf balls in a plastic bag? Absolutely, again? Patrick. I got to keep on my tradition. And in fact, um, after my three or four holes that I got through at Torrey Pines, I had uh, acquired a golf bag and one driver and a putter at a play it again sports outside of San Diego. And the young man who I who was helping me with my bag said, "Sir, sir, you forgot your bag." I said, "Keep it." <laughs> you know i'm gonna donate it you go ahead yeah. oh my god uh pretty bad weekend in sports pat when all you got's a pro bowl yeah but it's, it's a real it's not a game either is it it's no a, they're playing madden game. they're playing madden oh i didn't know that Madden, know joe yeah yeah. They, yeah so that's you know what they might have better ratings for that than uh, a regular game so uh but yeah, you're not. Uh, I, I I I wasn't going to watch it, even if they were real players. So it doesn't no, make either am I. How did Delvin Cook not become a Pro Bowler? 
Oh, he is a pro bowler, but he was oh. not a, a all pro. All pro. Is okay. One, okay. One team, you know, that's yeah. twenty two guys. Yeah. And Derrick Henry got all the votes, basically. Oh. Well, and even the the se- you see how the second team, Alvin Kamara got it, and the thinking is he got it the day that he had six touchdowns against Zimmer's horrendous defense this year, and that's how he beat out Dalvin. <laughs> That's uh, that's true, but uh, we all got uh, Deshaun Watson fever here now, though. He's on the market. Let's go get him. They mm-hmm. were la- they laughed when Ricey said give up three number ones for him. I'm still doing it. I'm still giving Pat, up. Three I'd give up ones. four and Kirk Cousins to get Deshaun Watson. Well, no, you give up two for Deshaun Watson and then one more because they took took Kirk Cousins. That's the uh, that's the other one. You got they got to they got to take Kirk to make the trade. Right. Money, money wise, you can't. Uh, Can this can't happen? Might this happen? Uh, he's going to get traded, but I think he has better. You know, he's apparently New York or Miami, the Jets or the Dolphins. He's interested in going to those two places, so it's probably more likely. They have more draft cachet than we do, Joe. So I see. From from what I understand, but I'd certainly make a run at oh. it because you know what. You win a Super Bowl in the next five years with him as your quarterback. Yep, he's that good. Yep, I agree. And and with this uh, with this offense with Cook and the, the receivers you got, and and with him you don't need the world's greatest offensive line. You can just have a decent offensive line, and you can win with him because he can run away from people and run through people and bounce off people, and uh, unlike our guy Kirk. Plus, I think Zimmer and Spielman need a run in the playoffs to save their jobs for this next year. Well, by the hot take that Judd and I agreed on is if Deshaun won't come here because we don't, he doesn't like the coach and they don't like the fact they run so much, it's a real simple solution. Fire the coach. It's <laughs> <laughs> true. Yeah. He's, All right, Patrick. The quarterback is more important than that, so... Anyhow, boy, we have officially declared ourselves bored as hell here in the Ricey household today. Wow. I hate this thing. Yep, I do too. I, uh, but I did have uh, fun at the 11-year-old uh, girls hockey game last night. That was, oh, good. that was, the, good. that was, uh, the, Shoot uh, the puck! The, <laughs> I did when she was walking in the building. Even the players can't get in. Even the players can't get in more than 10 minutes before the game starts, right? Did you go down and bang in. on the glass? No, she's walking in, and I said, shoot! <laughs> <laughs> and she, she did, once, yeah. once. This team passes way too much. Carry the puck and shoot it. Come on, let's go. It's Mr. Go. Hockey Expert from <laughs> Fulda, <is>. Minnesota. Student <laughs> of the game. I'll talk right. to you later. Talk to you Monday. Goodbye. All right. Thank See you. you later. Thank you very much. Thank you. May I read a letter? Sure. Or was Kenny going to? I want to know what you guys were saying with your microphones closed that Roycey could hear. Well, apparently, and I forgot about this, but I did know that when someone is on the phone line, even if I have my microphone off and Rookie has his microphone off, the person on hold or on the phone line can still hear us, and I don't know right. why that is. But so I what did you say? No, we what were trying. I was telling Rook, let's agitate Joe by bringing up Tory Pines. Oh, okay. that's what I was saying to yeah. Rookie. Oh, say, may I read a letter, please? Mm-hmm. Uh, good Friday, Mayor. My mouth starts to water every time you mention all of the wonderful new Grunhofer's meatloafs that Spencer has come up with. 
However, since I'm still in Arizona, I am not able to beat Reavers to the meatloaf shelf at Grunhofer's when a meatloaf watch is declared. I will have to wait until the drive back to Duluth on I-35 so I can pull into Hugo, grab a couple of meatloaf, and toss it in the oven when we get home. I would like to offer a suggestion to Spencer regarding the popularity and new additions to the meatloaf family. Since they have introduced the new Town Ball meatloaf and the Minnesota meatloaf, I think we need to consider an official name for the original meatloaf that you so creatively call the meatloaf. How about the original or the Spencer? That would set it apart from the Town Ball and the Minnesota, offer customers a way to identify the original, and give Spencer a little something, you know, for the effort. (laughs) And while we're at it, to simplify things, let's call an order for one of each of the meatloaf combo, the Spencer special, or some other creative name that GLers can come up with. Just a suggestion. You just don't know how far this meatloaf mania will go. P.S. As a loyal member of the Royal Order of the 21sters, I am already stocking the garage fridge with beverages and brats from Grunhofer's in anticipation of the garage door opener. Now that spring is here, can summer be far behind? Keep fighting the good fight. Mike, just a bit outside Phoenix. And, of course, he's referring to our friends at Grunhofer's old-fashioned meats at the north end of Hugo on Highway 61, where there are now three meatloafs. The meatloaf, the town ball meatloaf, and the Minnesota meatloaf. And it's uh, Mike's idea that that original meatloaf should have its own name. I think that's mm-hmm. fine. I would go with Spencer. How about the Spencer? Yeah, that's, that's I'm, I'm fine. I'm impartial to well, the original. Spencer will have to sign off. Yeah, he'll have to. And, and don't forget for the Super Bowl, uh, Grunhofer's is your must-stop shop for brats, burgers, steaks, you name it. It's all there, the meatloaf, the seasonings, the jerky, the salmon, the tomahawk steaks. It's just the double-cut bacon, you name it, double-thick-cut bacon. It's all at Grunhofer's on Highway 61 at the north end of Hugo. Justice and the Souchere. This a new one from Dylan? Yes, it is, sir. Seafoam is a wonderful product in a world of bad gas. At Tim Bill from Twitter. He tweeted me a pic of a 1986 Dodge Ram 150, a sweet-looking truck. It's been sitting for seven years, now runs great wow. thanks to Seafoam. At David O'Dean of Twitter fame, He's, this is brilliant. He says he puts his seafoam in gas cans so it makes its way into everything he fuels. Oh, that's we, brilliant. Well, that's, that's, I do that, pro- Kenny. That's, that's proper what I do. brilliant, Joe. That's yeah. proper brilliant. Uh, Joe, I would advise you to do that from now on. <laughs> I that's do. a good Kenny, idea. Kenny, I do that already, and somebody Kenny. like you, Joe, should do that. <laughs> and just when you're doing that, think and be thankful you took my advice. Yeah. Right. Uh, uh, Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop, he dumps in a full can of high-mileage seafoam every third fill-up to keep that 2016 GMC happy, and he uses it uh, in every gasoline and diesel power engine he owns. He owns. And why not? It works wonders. It's going to minimize long-term engine wear, prevent harmful deposits and varnish, control oxidation and sludge, and it's this is the great thing. It's compatible with all synthetic and conventional motor oil viscosities. Doesn't matter what you're running, it works. Hashtag Seafoam works in everything. Hashtag Seafoam is available everywhere. It's as easy as buying a candy bar. So don't go thinking you're going to have to go searching for it. Seafoam, you're going to love this suit. Seafoam is available from sea 
to shining, shining foamy sea. Oh, nice. yeah. 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 So it's it helps wonderful... with viscosity and thermal breakdown, I bet, huh? Oh, sure. Viscosities. Sure. Yes, viscosities. Uh, sea foam, it's a wonderful product in a world of bad gas. It's been noted that General Motors intends to be oh. producing all electric vehicles by the year 2035. I have a couple of observations. Uh, one, I didn't know we were even going to be here in 2035. Well, that's true. That's true. Right? I mean, we're, on about, third, we're on about the fourth 10-year period where we only have 10 years left. Because last year it was AOC that declared we had 12, so that means we're down to 11, correct? So we're down right. to 11, and 11, that only gets us to 2032. So we won't be here in 2035. Right. Because we're destroying the planet. And so we're going to save the planet with electric cars, but there'll be nobody here to drive them mm -hmm. because we won't be here. Was that 14 years? Also, it's noted that uh, Joe Biden is aiming to use 100% clean en energy by 2050. And Minnesota lawmakers, the DFL Minnesota lawmakers uh, here in Minnesota, wish to be 100% uh, clean energy by 2040. And again, we're constantly told we don't have any time for this. We won't be here. Back to yeah. electric cars. I looked this up. There are 6 million car crashes a year in the United States, or 16,438 a day. I'm sure the industry is studying this because they study everything, but do we know anything about what effects? Uh, we already know that when an electric car is at a body shop, it has to be kept quarantined from the rest of the cars because of the danger of fire. Do we have any idea what effect six million car crashes a year will have on the environment if those six million crashes all involve electric cars? And of what course, I'm I can't. worried about is the drivers of those vehicles, Suge. Did you ever see the, uh, it was either Top Gear or the Grand Tour, Richard Hammonds doing a, a hill climb race. You know, that's a, a race In against the, the clock. Uh, a race against the clock up a paved road on the oh, hills, right? Right. He gets up, to, and he's in an electric vehicle very fast, a lot of torque, a lot of power. He loses it, goes off the track, and it instantly bursts into violent flames, mm -hmm. and he was seriously lucky to get away with his life. Well, what's lucky. burning? The batteries. Lithium and ions. Because they get so heated up? and So I'm, I'm just wondering. Is it, does this fall under the rubric of be careful what you wish for? Six million, electric, uh, six million crashes a year, and, and, and if we're told by the state that we all must be in electric cars, I wonder what the result will be on air quality, for example, if, uh, if on a daily basis 16,438 electric cars get involved in a crash. Now, they don't burn automatically. Uh, you could no. even make the argument that battery fires are probably infrequent. But when they happen, it seems to me they'd be mo more onerous than a, a fuel fire. You're, you're burning some stuff up there that uh, you don't want to breathe in. Right. Mm, no. So, uh, but that's what General Motors intends to do. Uh, I, I, I'm not do a fan of that. Do you cars. see that happening? Can you, the logistics of them doing that would be unrealistic in Why? 14 years? To just well, say, we're only going to build... 
battery-operated vehicles? Oh, they've already got the technology, and they're well on the way to doing it. I mean, for God's sakes, Ford took the great marketing risk of calling its new electric vehicle the Mustang. Mm. The Mustang electric vehicle. They're all doing the, the EVs, but none of them would appeal to me. None of them. Because I can't get to Chicago on a charge. That's my, that's my rule of thumb. Don't you think Tesla's doing it right, though? They can't get 450 miles to a charge. What is their They don't have a range. I don't know what their range is. Most of their ranges are 250 miles. Hmm. Then you got to stop and go to a museum for six hours while the damn thing charges up again. (laughs) Like the road guys? Yeah, yeah. It's closer to an hour, but it's still unacceptable. Uh, uh, My question is, and it might be a dumb question, why can't we work on regenerating electricity as we roll bam that was right in my head i'm i was that was the next line out of my mouth no it wasn't i i I swear to god it was okay so 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 here kenny then what you envision is a future where 94 uh has metal tracks on it and as you're barreling down to chicago your car is charging no, 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 like a train? No. Yeah, yeah. No, why can't each like wheel battery. act as an why can't each wheel act as an alternate alternator? I'm sure if this is the way to go to save the earth and I I don't think the earth needs saving and I don't like electric cars, but if this is the technology of the future, I imagine things like you're discussing will obviously happen. Uh, the market will create what it needs to create to make these cars more appealing and less expensive. And I suppose we'll get to the day when the, when the, when the range is 1,000 miles. Yeah, and the fill-up, the, excuse me, the charging needs to be five minutes or less. You know, when you're on can the you road, char- how much if time? I, if I bought a Tesla today and brought it home, can I plug it in in the garage, or do you need a special kind of plug? I think you need a special. I don't I know think if you, you need too. a 200-amp system or not. you got to call my guys at Livewire Solar MN. Yeah. The sun uh, ain't always out. Tesla got charge. less solar at Livewire. We don't have enough range on electric cars, but I bet by 2035, those kinds of issues will be will be easily solved. According to WikiHow, charging a Tesla at home is as simple as plugging it in using the mobile connector or wall connector. The mobile connector is simple. You just use the adapter to plug the car into any 120-volt or 240-volt outlet. You can then unplug it from both the car and the wall to take with you. I'm guessing you know, 240 would be a lot quicker. My experience with batteries is they ultimately wear down no matter how faithfully you keep them charged. Mm, so yeah. so another question I would have about an electric car is how long are those batteries good for? 50,000 miles? How much is it going to cost us to right. replace it? Right. You know? right. The, whole platform, the whole platform of an electric car is batteries. That's what right. you're sitting on. You're sitting on the batteries. From front to back, it's all batteries. And again, uh, it's interesting in a popular mechanics kind of way to follow the technology and watch it improve, because I'm sure it will. But uh, I just wonder, and again, there's 6 million car crashes a year. What is the effect on the environment if those 6 million crashes ultimately all involve electric vehicles? According yeah. to Carfax, the average electric car battery can last right around 100,000 miles. Hi, Kate. 
Yeah, she just uh, had some water. Well, that's not a bad run, I guess. That, yeah, I was how say, much that, does it cost to yeah, replace but then, it, though, Chris? That, that, what does it cost you, I wonder? Right. Well, by 100,000 miles, maybe it's like any other car, and you might want to upgrade. Well, they so also, you did okay, see wait that, a uh, I'm sorry, right Kenny. Uh, I'm at the Tesla site. The onboard charger, which is built in your car, handles this by converting the AC power into DC energy so that it can be stored in the battery. Different Perfect. Tesla cars have different onboarder charger capabilities, and then Perfect. they show you the the uh, totals and so forth. That's the technology that. we uh, technology we need. Uh, Chris, this is according to BatteryManGuide.com, uh, the replacement can cost anywhere from one thousand to six thousand dollars, depending upon style and et cetera. So, between one and six grand. So it's about the cost of what a transmission. I can handle the kind of electricity you would find in a Bentelli e-bike. You can. Because that does plug into your garage There we wall. go, yes. And then you're good for another run. And they uh, gang up at EcoFun Motorsports in Forest Lake. They're the specialists in the EcoFun bicycles, the electric assist. It's fantastic. And they're starting uh, 2021 off by welcoming GLers with wonderful sales. They know spring is around the corner. Summer is around the corner. Another great riding year. So uh, you could load up on a scooter, a gas scooter that turns every urban errand into an adventure. They've got great youth recreational equipment, youth snowmobiles, youth ATVs, full line of Yamaha motorcycles, helmets, apparel, and that great selection of electric assist bikes. They're just fantastic. And when you call EcoFun, you're going to talk to uh, either Tim or his daughter, Kayla, and that's 612-321-8867. That kid, she's a teenager. She's been flown around the country by Bintelli because she has become a national expert on the brand, its use, and how to choose the best one for you. I couldn't recommend it more. It's EcoFun Motorsports. It's on, where else? Highway 61, right in downtown Forest Lake, back with the Scramble. How about Scramble time right now? Right Rob? now? Why not, Rob? Rookie order. How about Scramble this? Thank God today. I still got this date in Minnesota history. Oh, that's okay. Look at it. Here's the uh, EcoFun Motorsports. That's on their Instagram oh, yeah. page. Yes. TGIF. Yeah. It's the scramble! Darn right it is. Hey, by the way, I mentioned Harmony Spirits earlier in the show today. Yeah. Uh, pull up their Twitter account right now, Rook, if you have access yeah, to your Twitter time. account. Yep. And what do you see from the Harmony Spirits, gentlemen? I also retweeted it from my account. Joe? What? In front of the tasting room in Harmony, Minnesota. They're flying the GL flag right out, really? right nice. out front of the tasting room. That's we got to get all our guys one. Does they got one at Spencer? Yes. Does Spencer have one? Yeah, but look Does at this. Does Tim at EcoFun have Here, one? Here, I'm going I'm to move my camera so you guys yeah. can see it. Check that out. Right in the old tasting oh, room. Oh, very cool. Isn't that cool? Very cool. Yeah, very cool. Thank cheers, you, Harmony. Yes. Yeah, I wish I had something to cheers right now. i got to wait till I get home. Yeah, thank you, Harmony. Or do you? Thank you. Oh, uh, yeah, I will. I think I will. I, I think it's one thirty. It's probably a good idea. Hey, to Such, can up. I throw you a news bulletin before you do this date in history that I think you might sure. enjoy? Sure. Uh, this is from a gentleman by the name of Bill Melgin, who is an investigative reporter for Fox LA. You ready? Yes. The state of California. <clears throat> Here we go. Outdoor dining has reopened in L.A. County as of today. However... The health department is banning restaurants from having 
their TVs turned on for customers. Why? Directly from the new health order, televisions or any other screens that are used to broadcast programming must be removed from the area or turned off. This provision is effective until further notice. What is the rationale? Well, he is uh, opining on that, saying... This has to obviously be re- in a, as a result of the Super Bowl. They don't want people gathering to watch the Super oh. Bowl together. But oh. are you are you bleeping kidding me? Uh, you can well, open, Gavin, but, Gavin, uh, Gavin Newsom has only reopened the state because he fears getting recalled and kicked out. Right. right. But are, are you are you kidding me? You, you can reopen, but the TVs must remain off. Oh, the, oh, the, the okay. stupidity problem we have right now <laughs> okay. in this country is unbelievable. <laughs> How about this? Uh, just allow the TVs to be on except for the Super Bowl. Oh, that's kind of stupid, too. I sounded too euphorian. Just turn the damn TVs on. But of all the things that you have put these bars and restaurants through, they finally have the chance to possibly make some money for the Super Bowl. You, you can come, but you can't watch the game here. That that just yep. means people are going to stay home. Yep. Isn't that recall effort uh gathering steam, momentum? Yes. Rolling yes. along Good. just fine? Good. Yeah. Yes. Get them yes. out of there. It's a petition that requires so many thousands. I don't know the exact number. Mm. Only because they come to us all the way from Marloth Park in Mpumalanga, South Africa. Ah. From Tom Lyman and Mrs. Tom. God, they're just going on an endless around-the-world journey, aren't they? Yeah, they are. Uh, In 2002, on this date, in a special election... Laos-born St. Paul lawyer Mi Mua is elected to the Minnesota State Senate. She is the first Asian woman elected to the Minnesota legislature and the first Hmong American elected to any state legislature. And we all know how important being first is. Yes. So she's the first. So there you go. Nice. And on this day in 1900. What happened in 1900? Well, a fire destroyed most of the business section of Morristown in Rice County, burning no. 20 buildings, including a bank, post office, and a hotel. Well, you think they were grabbing for that cash when that thing was on fire? Raise your hand if yeah. uh, you happen to own a mug by number at the Old Town Tavern in Morristown, Minnesota. It looks like we've got an army of one here. Yep. 206. Thank you. Where the Bill bleep Rice is Morristown? It's about 10 minutes west of Faribault on Highway 60. Referable Red Raiders? Population? Oh, it can't, I don't even think it's a 1,000. Kenny, it's your kind of town. You'd love Morristown. They is got Dam Days every... Uh, it's usually Dam Days is usually the weekend. Is it the weekend before or after Memorial Day? I always uh, say this sounds cup. like a town ball story. No, Morristown's out. a great Kenny, is that a tin cup? Rattle that for hey, me. <laughs> yeah, why don't we just go here? Uh, never mind what I'm drinking vodka out of today. Let's just go. <laughs> The bottle. The bottle. On that note. Thank you, GLers. Thank note. you. Yes, thanks for sticking with us. Uh, Pod Thank you. M-M. Sometimes I don't know how you do. Joe's going to go uh, watch Trading Places and familiarize himself with margin calls. And by the Matt, way. Matt, you're not allowed to say that. I'm not citing the movie. GLers, only a couple more days to download that Pod MN app and listen to GL for the chance to win that Garage Logic sweatshirt. The one that I am posing in today, by the way. Check and that out. Is there some new stuff on the YouTube channel? Yes. Uh, all sorts of. Please subscribe. Uh, there, yeah. We've actually doubled our audience in just over a week. So thank you to all the GLers that have subscribed to our YouTube channel. I'm included in all three people. Right. Yeah, we doubled. No, we're, uh, we're, we're, we're going to get her there. And if you want to well, pull. double, I guess that'd be four people. There you go. It's a math thing. We'll be correcting that on Monday podcast on monday pod mn on your smartphone podmn.com on your computer 
check out, poke around some of the podcasts out there. Tell me more about GameStop, will you? So it happened in 1852. Uh, they started to do this smooth game. What is GameStop? Oh, never going to go down that road again. <laughs>